Hello, and a big warm welcome to the Northern Grower Podcast. I'm your host, Erin, and I'm a small-scale farmer who sells seeds, veggies, and flowers from Alberta, Canada. And I'm also an educator, avid homesteader, and slow-living advocate. This podcast is a place for gardeners to learn tips and tricks for their garden spaces with a slight focus on colder climates. But all growers are welcome here, no matter where you are at in your gardening journey, and hopefully you will learn a little about history and folklore surrounding plants and agriculture too. Thank you for being here. So welcome to the new season of The Northern Grower, and it's 2022. A quick growing update on our farmstead here before we launch the episode. This weekend, not going to lie, it hit me that we are starting the season. I think on Instagram I posted a post midweek about, oh, I'm just enjoying the downtime. It's so relaxing. And then I look at the calendar, look at our growing plans. It's mid-January. We have to at least get started. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. So we dug out our equipment, our shelves, our lights, our heat mats, our trays. We have dug our seeds out and compost for starting. Although when I say that, of course, I forgot to set compost out of my own compost pile um, before the deep freeze that hit the prairies this year hit and my compost is frozen. So I am relying for now and ordering my compost in for seed starting. Uh, so I'm ordering in some of that. Uh, yeah, because mine froze in the deep freeze. And of course, I didn't collect any in before that started. Time got away from me. Winter hit. It's okay. Um, but that's okay. We have started our perennials. We are starting our gojis, lilacs, roses, and rhubarb this weekend. So we have those started. And I do have some spring markets lined up. Uh, When I get them confirmed in dates, I will advertise them here and uh, across my media channels. So if you want to come in person to check out some starter plants and seed packs, you can come on down. But I do have some spring markets lined up. So I am prepping starter plants to take along with me. Um, So today's episode is a quick peek into our planting schedule and a what, when, where we plant, and how we plant here on the farmstead in Zone 3 to hopefully give you, if you're just starting out, some ideas, inspiration, or if you're planning a garden or new to planning a garden, this gives you a starting point. Or maybe you've just always planned a garden, you're here to compare notes, you're here to just get your head in the mindset that the growing season is getting underway here for us if you're starting indoors, of course. So hear me out on planning a garden though. I know some people may be listening to you and be like, ah, we kind of wing it. I don't know if I really need to plan a garden. Well, the first few years I began my growing journey, I never planned. I went to the greenhouses in the spring and I bought what I liked and stuck it in the garden. I knew I was going to get tomato plants and pepper plants and I just bought all the starters. Um, I bought the seeds that I knew I could just direct sow, which is totally fine. Um, 
and but I didn't really plan and I bought the seed packs and never really even thought about how like where they would go in my garden or how they would fit in my garden I just kind of bought the packs because I like the look of the variety um which is fine um but there are some benefits to planning your garden first so um hear me out so we do plan now mostly because I am an eager beaver so January is hitting I'm starting to get a little bit bored I have the downtime to sit and plan I hand write plans too I just really enjoy um, being in my kind of big sketchbook and garden notebook and in my business book and writing out the plans so that's my preference um and we well we do grow commercially now so I mean of course that plays a huge part into our planning but also on the other side we have a personal homestead garden that has grown in size as we grow quite a lot to be fairly self-sufficient um so we have quite a large garden now and I realized that we had to start planning or my head spins and explodes or there are sometimes we have forgotten to plant something because it's just not planned. You can't check mark it off. Yes, we have definitely forgotten. I have forgotten to plant onions one year um, and we, we use onions a lot. Uh, like we eat them a lot. So um, that was kind of a downer to not have planted onions, but it happens. So I'm a big fan of planning your garden now. And it can still be a benefit even if you're a new gardener and you're never... You don't really plan on growing a lot, but there are benefits. So if you want to try seeds, if you want to start, maybe this is your first year growing everything from seed or most things from seeds, you probably want to start, well, here in a colder climate, like I said, we're zone three, you definitely need to start some indoors as our uh, frost-free season is very short. So you need to give some a uh, longer the longer season plants you need to start indoors so you can get again then get them planted out when they're more mature and that we have and they can grow in that shorter frost-free time so it can help you figure out when you need to start because you might notice on the back of your seed packs or if you just you get a seed pack of like tomatoes and then online you google how to grow tomatoes or you consult your growing book if you have a gardening book, and some may say you need to start X amount of weeks before the first, uh, sorry, after the last frost. So you might need to start some things uh, 8 to 12 weeks before last frost. Some things are just 6 to 8. So it can really depend. So having that kind of just written down like what month you should at least start indoors can just really help you make sure you keep on track with that. And even if you're not planning on starting a seed garden, um, if you just even if you're planning to go and get starter plants, it can just streamline your spending and budget um, because it just helps you keep on track what you want. You know, you can spend some time doing research on varieties, greenhouses you want to buy from, that type of thing, nurseries you want to visit, and it can help you keep on track if you are on a budget. Um, and it also just helps you allocate your space and energy in the garden. Uh, so if you have a certain amount of space, you can figure out what you want to go in your garden and where. And some plants, of course, need 
full sun or partial sun. And you can just figure out once you go out and buy your starters, you can figure out what you want to put, uh, where you want to put. So it can help you also just know what you want to grow. And you could also then get in on any pre-orders or order and go shopping before the rush. Uh, so that spring rush that happens. If you already know what you want, you might be able to get in on any pre-orders or order anywhere. Or if you just love gardening, it kind of just feels like you are starting to do something. Even if it's the mitts and the cold depth of January, it just feels like you're starting gardening now. So I think a lot of us just like the planning for that aspect too. So I'm going to give you our just loose general monthly breakdown. I'm not going to go into specific details um, because you are your own garden mastermind too. Um, so I'm going to give you more generic of what what we start, what month, and um, how we start it, like indoors, in cold frames, or be direct. So we do have cold frames. Um, and hopefully that can give you a good starting point. I'm giving cold frames, not greenhouses, because to me, I'm trying to be accessible as possible. And to me, if I say maybe I start X, Y, Z in a greenhouse, I don't know if, you know, a lot of people have a greenhouse, but to me, a cold frame is something pretty accessible because it's small. It can be made from upcycled and salvaged materials. They're pretty easy um, and cheap to make. And they could fit in a suburban garden. So that's why I thought I would throw in a cold frame there too. Um, but of course, I am most of mine, we start indoors or we direct so. Um, I will also drop in some of my favorite varieties. But for the most part, I'll try to keep it fairly just more of the generic plant. So January, like I said... Uh, this weekend we have started we have started perennials and also by the way don't take this as you have to start this when um, when we first started learning to grow we consulted so many different sources for growing in Alberta and kind of made a schedule and then we kind of tweaked it with what worked for us over the years so keep a notebook handy um, so this is just like what works for us it's going to be different depending on you know, where you are a little bit, um, like Southern Alberta can usually start a little bit a couple weeks before us in Northern Alberta. Um, so there is some variation. So this is for fun and a loose guide for you. So indoors in January, of course, starting indoors, uh, we started lilacs because we do grow lilac plants. Um, and we are also starting rhubarb and we are also going to be starting, we started goji berries too, and we are also going to be starting elderberries and asparagus from seed over the next uh, couple weekends here. So we also have asparagus and elderberry seeds we're going to start. Um, and of course, I actually have some ginger rhizomes. So if you're in a colder climate and you're curious about growing ginger, you can get the rhizomes, which is like the ginger root. It's literally just like the ginger root you would get in a store. And you can um, plant. There's lots of really good resources around there on, online. Um, but you need to start pretty much now because it needs a long, a long time to grow. Just out of interest. So I'm starting some ginger. February, again, 
indoors for us. And this is where we really, really start to get into kind of the, the more kind of homestead garden, your vegetable garden varieties. January is a lot of, we grow a lot of perennials um, here. We're actually upping our commercial sale of perennials in the next few years. And they just need a long, a longer time. So we're starting a lot of our perennials now. But February for us is when we really hit the ground running. We are hamming it. So we grow our onions. And some of my favorite onions to grow are, um, I actually, I love bunching onions, any bunching onion variety, because I love just, they're kind of like cut and come again because you can cut the tops if you don't pull the bunching onion out the ground. You can cut the tops and have them in so many dishes. And that that green uh, stalk that comes out the ground, that it will keep coming. So bunching onions are one of my favorite varieties. Any type of varieties of bunching onions are some of my favorites. Um, but we do start our onions from seed. We'll be starting early, early February. Uh, and I really enjoy just the good old storage onion too. The yellow or red varieties. Really good standard onion. Um, shallots will be starting. Uh, I love shallots. We grow, um, one of my favorites is the early girly variety of shallot. Um, but I love, love shallots more than onions. They just have such a different flavor. Um, so I'm a really big fan. Uh, we'll also be starting all of our peppers, all of our pepper varieties. We'll be starting in February and herbs can be started. So we'll have our basil, our thyme, our parsley, our sage. Um, I'm going to be starting also in my personal garden, lavender. Um, just because I love herbs. I'm so excited to have those herbs fresh, ready to grow. We have a small indoor kitchen herb garden, but it is nothing compared to the big, the big uh, herb garden you can, you can grow outside. So... I'm really looking forward to that. And we'll also start our cucumber plants in February. And also a first for uh, me to really, well, to really get growing on a larger scale this year, eucalyptus, um, the silver dollar eucalyptus. I have some silver dollar seeds and I am so excited to try them. They need to be grown um like eight to 12 weeks before the last frost. So I have to really start them uh, February and they will probably be grown indoors in a greenhouse though. Like that is, they aren't really tolerant of a colder, um, our colder season. So I will probably be growing those in the greenhouse and they do grow, um, I'll be growing them as an annual. But I do know some people who grow eucalyptus in pots and keep it indoors, but I will be growing uh, quite a lot this year. So I'm going to be posting updates on my social media accounts too. Very excited. March is when we can start. We still grow more indoors, but we can also start playing with that cold frame, getting that ready to go, checking the temperature in there. Um, because depending on how our March looks, we can either, um, we might be able to start some greens. So March, we plant um, a lot of the flowers. I'm starting a lot of the flowers. So the zinnias, the dahlias, the snapdragons, our brassicas, anything from the brassica family we start in March. Um, we started tomatoes, 
pansies, asters, hollyhocks, and if for our greens, we are going to start cold frames, maybe could be pushed into April, depending on the season, how the temperature is looking. Um, but I'm not too worried about keeping greens really on a set schedule uh, too much. Um, but some of those could be the really cold hardy greens like your kale, spinach, chard. We'll try that as well in March. Now April is when you can start to see some things that we can direct sow. Um, possibly again, this depends on how our season is looking. Um, our cold frames and our indoors. So April we are still sowing indoors for some stuff. Um, we can sow watermelons and zucchini and squashes, pumpkins. Um, I actually, it is recommended to start squashes indoors. However, I have had success starting squashes directly outdoors, um, but the general recommendation is to sow them indoors as well and transplant. Uh, cantaloupe, nasturtiums, toma more tomatoes. So that's kind of what our April indoors might look like. And then our direct uh, sorry, not direct sowing, but in a cold frame. By then, April, the cold frame is pretty good. Um, so arugula, lettuce, more spinach, kale, chard, um, but lots of greens. Um, and I'm very, very excited for greens. And also direct sow. We kind of put a, we kind of put these across in both April and May. Um, I mean, it's Alberta. We can be hit. It could be a beautiful April. And what I think the kind of joke here is that the May long weekend, it always snows May long weekend at the end of May. Um, but usually by April, May, we're getting the odd day or two of snow, but it isn't settling. The temperatures aren't getting below like negative, well, depending where you are, negative five, maybe negative 10. They are very, very cold night, but rarely. Um, there is, of course, still frost or last frost date here is not until the mid around the middle of may usually um mid to end of may but we do you can depending on weather we can also try some direct sowing um so some good early stuff like radishes and peas can be direct sown possibly again into may depending on your forecast um but radishes are such a good early crop they grow fast you can you can have success successive harvests because we can plant radishes again in the summer and have them for fall too. Um, carrots, Atlas carrots, by the way, are one of my favorite carrot varieties. They grow into these beautiful, like, well, small to big, like globe shapes. That's why they're called Atlas carrots. And I just love them. I think they're so fun because they're not like your typical carrot shape. Um, and they are quite a fast little grower and really good for containers too, because they don't have the big depth space. So I like Atlas carrots for containers. But in April, weather dependent dill, peas, the radishes, carrots. And then in May, we aren't starting anything in cold frames or uh, indoors in May. Anything in May by this point, we are going to keep an eye on that weather forecast and see when we can just direct so everything else outside. So we might be looking at our beets or corn or beans, just pretty much everything else we want to plant. Um, rubecchia, sunflowers, straw flowers or grasses, okra, 
Oh, and, you know, we'll also then maybe go for successive crops, too, of many uh, varieties, like our greens or radishes, and plant more crops out then, too. So I hope that was kind of a quick fly-through of our planting season. Um, I definitely didn't go through everything and uh, every detail and every variety, because this would be a really long podcast, too. Um, but that was our generic guide for what we grow here um, and when we planted, how we planted out, if it's indoors or, um, if we started indoors or if we, uh, direct sow, anything started indoors generally will be kept indoors until that big risk of that frost has passed. And before we turn it outside, it is hardened off for at least two weeks. We put it on the, we put them outside, we put the trays and pots outside bring them in the house at night, um, but you do have to give them some hardening off time before you transplant those indoor seeds outdoors. But that was our quick going guide that I, I flew through there. I hope if you are taking notes, you get the chance to pause and uh, go back and pause and try to write any notes down. Um, or you can always reach out and uh, message me on my Instagram, which is the underscore northern underscore grower. If you don't have Instagram, you can always email at the Northern Grower Podcast at gmail.com. Now, lastly, before we wrap up, um, I just wanted to give you a book recommendation. I'm hoping to throw this in every episode too this season. Uh, but this isn't your typical beginning gardening or gardening 101 book. This book is amazing, but it's from an it's more from an anthropological, sociology, ecology perspective on culture and plants. So my favorite because we've got some culture, society, ecology in there, um, but we've got some plants. And the book is, some of you probably guessed, it's Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. And it is just such a stunning and beautiful book. So the book is Braiding Sweetgrass. And it's just amazing so it will really change your relationship between yourself and the land on which you live and grow and the land on which you nourish yourself from so the book is just it asks us to reevaluate everything we know about our relationship to land and indeed between the land and ourselves and it's just stunning it reads like a song it's uh i highly recommend reading it and again like if you even garden if you just have a garden space or a balcony space, or you have an acreage, or you have a farm, asking yourself to just reevaluate your relationship to the land, right? Seeing yourself as part of a reciprocal cycle with the land, um, it just changes your mindset to how how you approach uh, your place in the world. And again, just really recommend it. Really good read. Um, and now to wrap up today's episode, there is a discount code you can use. It's from me, discount code from me. Uh, you can use the code Northern Grower at greenwitchseed.ca for 15% off your order of seeds. If you would like to try some seeds this year on our farmstead, we grow heirloom varieties of vegetable, flower, and herb seeds, and would love to see you join us on your own growing journey this year. The code and website will be in the show notes for your access and thank you so much for listening i wish you a wonderful 
and booming and bountiful growing season this year. Thank you. Goodbye.